Welcome to the podcast of Maranatha Ministries. I'm Rick Frank, Senior Pastor of Maranatha, and I pray you'll be blessed by today's message. You can access all of our church information by going to our website at www.mmchurch.com or on all social media by searching at mmchurch. And now be blessed by listening to today's message. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Why don't we stand together this morning and as we uh, turn to the word of the Lord, and I am reading from Exodus chapter number three, and I am beginning here in Exodus chapter three with verse number one. Bible says here, now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the back of the desert and he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. From these verses of scripture, I want to talk to you today about this that I have entitled the unconsuming fire. The unconsuming fire. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you and we thank you for your blessings and your goodness. We thank you for your spirit, your mercy. We ask that you will touch in this auditorium today, along with everyone that's listening to us online, that you will have your way in our hearts, touch our lives, minister, and meet the needs of your people. We ask this all in Jesus' wonderful name. Everyone said amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Let's clap our hands one more time for Jesus, shall we? Praise him together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I think we are all, you may be seated, I think we are all well aware of the fact that sometimes it feels like the world around us is burning, especially with some of the things that have been going on in our own nation here over the past several months. We feel like the world is burning. There are other times when it gets personal, when the burning gets personal. And it feels like your life is burning and your life is on fire. And we all experience those times that it feels like we are being consumed by a fire. And rightly so, because we know that in the Bible, the Word of God tells us in Hebrews chapter 12, that we are receiving an unshakable kingdom, Paul wrote. He said, let us be filled with gratitude and so worship God acceptably, acceptably with reverence and awe. Why? Because our God is a consuming fire. God is a consuming fire. That's often what we hear about when we hear about God and fire. We have this scripture quoted that our God is a consuming fire. And yet I'm talking to you today about the fact that God is an unconsuming fire. Unconsuming. The reason I say that is because he did not consume the bush that he spoke to Moses out of. So there are several things that I want us to see in these verses of Scripture that I read today. The first, of course, is that God sees what is going on. 
God knows what is going on. He knows what's going on in your life. He knows what's going on in your city. He knows what's going on in your country. And he knows what's going on in the world. God knows what's going on. God sees everything. So in Exodus chapter 3, verse 7, a little further down from where we just read, the Lord said to Moses, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. And I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. And he said, for I know their sorrows. Aren't you glad God knows our sorrows? I know their sorrows. So God sees what's going on in the world. Now, sometimes we can become very narrow-minded. Let me assure all of you that God does not just see what's happening in America. God sees the entire world and cares about the entire world as much as you care about your country. Amen? He sees what's going on in the world. Let me read to you some statistics that might boggle your mind. A man in North Korea in a North Korean prison camp is shaken awake after being beaten unconscious. And when he is shaken awake, the beatings begin again. A woman in Nigeria is running for her life. She has just escaped from Boko Haram who kidnapped her. She is pregnant. And when she finally gets back to her home, her city, her town, her community is going to reject her and her baby. A group of children are laughing and talking as they make their way down to their church's sanctuary after eating a pre-service meal together. And instantly, many of those children are killed by a bomb blast. This is Easter Sunday in Sri Lanka. These people do not live in the same region. They don't even live on the same continent. They share an important characteristic, however, and that is that they are all Christians. All these people were Christians. They suffer because of their faith, not because of their nationality, nor because of the color of their skin, although that is a problem also. But these are suffering because of their faith. Christian persecution takes many forms. It's defined as any hostility experienced as a result of identification with Jesus Christ. And so from Sudan to Russia, from Nigeria to North Korea to Colombia to India, Christians are targeted for their faith. They're attacked. They are discriminated against. They're discriminated at against at work. They're discriminated against at school. They risk sexual violence. They risk torture, arrest, and so much more. And God sees it all. He sees it all. In just this last year, according to World Watch, the World Watch list of 2020, there have been over 260 million Christians living in places where they experience high levels of persecution. 2,983 Christians were killed for their faith in 2020. 
9,488 churches in other Christian buildings found themselves under attack. 3,711 believers were detained without a trial. They were arrested, they were sentenced, and or imprisoned simply because they were Christians. God sees all that. He sees what's going on in our world. And I do not wish to be a prophet of doom, but it is beginning to, now to happen in America. Because Christians stand against modern philosophy of everything and anything goes. God sees the oppression of his people. And he does not remove himself from witnessing the sufferings of humanity. And the reason I'm telling you this is because we need to understand that nothing happens without God seeing it and without God eventually doing something about it. Can you say amen? And while we are all concerned about all that's going on, the Bible says in Exodus chapter 3 down to verse number 7, I have observed the misery of my people in Egypt. He would say to us, I have observed the misery of my people in the nations of the world. I have seen it. I'm watching it. I know what's going on. I have heard them crying out because of their oppression, and I know about their sufferings. Aren't you glad Jesus knows about the sufferings of humanity. Amen. But my message today is not about the sufferings of humanity. It is a real issue. It is a problem and it is a concern. But perhaps you personally are not suffering like they suffer in some of these other countries. But... You are indeed suffering. You are indeed suffering. And he knows about the sufferings of his people worldwide. But I want you to know this morning that he also knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly where you are personally. He knows your name. And so while the entire nation was suffering under Egyptian persecution, God knew where Moses was, and he met with him directly. And I'm here to tell you today that with all that's going on in the world, God knows where you are, and he's ready to meet with you directly. Praise God. Sometimes we can feel lost in the big picture. Sometimes we feel like an unimportant piece of the puzzle. Sometimes we feel like an insignificant life among the lives of better people. More hurting people, more blessed people, etc., etc., etc. Sometimes we feel lost in the crowd. Moses was a hurting man. Moses tried to live for God, and he failed at it. He tried to do something good, and it didn't work out for him. And so as a result, he was a hurting 
man, I wonder without the show of hands today how many people I'm speaking to who are hurting. Hurting people. Moses was a hurting man and he tried to serve God and it didn't go the way he thought it would go and he didn't know how to do it properly and as a result nothing worked out and he felt like a failure. I wonder if you've ever been there. So the first thing I want to talk to you today about and have you understand, I want you to understand the unconsuming fire. Not the consuming fire. God is a consuming fire. But I want you to understand about the unconsuming fire that is in your life today. The unconsuming fire of God. And that is that while God still sees the big picture, He's got it all under control. And what He wants you to know today is that He sees you individually. He sees the big picture, but He sees you. And what's more, He doesn't just see you. He wants to meet with you and He wants to talk with you on a personal level. Do you hear me? God wants to talk to you on a personal level level. Outside of the crowd, outside of the group, he wants to meet with you on a very personal level. Enter the unconsuming fire. The fire that is not there to destroy. The fire that is there to draw you. Can you say amen? Bible says the angel of the Lord, we read this earlier, appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of the bush. So he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. And then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. Now listen, first of all, it was not the burning bush that caught Moses' attention. Burning bushes was common occurrence in the desert. It's so hot, so dry. Uh, plants become so dry that the heat can cause them just to burst into flames. What caught Moses' attention about this circumstance was that while the bush was on fire, it was not being consumed. And Moses said, I'm going to go take a look at this and find out not why the bush is burning. I want to go find out why it's burning and not being consumed. And I'm here to tell you something today. Your bush may be burning, but it will not be consumed. You may be on fire, but you will not be destroyed by it. Can you say amen? Praise God. Now, when the Bible says, when you walk through the waters, Isaiah prophesied in chapter 43, he said, I'll be with you. He said, when you go through the rivers, they will not overflow you. And he said, when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. That's what he said. There's fire, but it won't destroy you. Now, listen to this, though. I wonder... When you walk through the fire and you're not burned and the flames will not set you ablaze, when you go through deep waters, He'll be with us. And we go through the rivers of difficulty, we will not drown. When we walk through the fire of oppression, we won't be burned up. The flames will not consume us. 
But I hope the flames will do what they are intended to do, and that's get your attention. The flames are there to get your attention. We look at the trials of our life and the hardships of our life and the difficulties of our life and the opposition that's in our life and we look to God and say, what's wrong and what's going on and why this and why that? And it just might be God is trying to get your attention. It just not might be you hadn't been praying the way you should be. It just might be you've let the things of God slack a little bit in your life. And it could just be that the fire is there not to consume you, but to get your attention back on God. <laughs> Hallelujah. And that's what we need to do because God sees us personally. He sees you, and in your life, He is a fire, but He's an unconsuming fire. He's not here to destroy you. He's let trials come into your life, hardships come into your life to get your attention, to come back to Him and say this, say this. Verse number four I read today, that when I was reading it, something jumped out at me, and I want to just take a few moments towards the end of this sermon here to expound upon this for a minute. Verse 4 of chapter 3 said, When the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush, that which was on fire, whatever the fire is in your life, God can call to you out of that. But listen to what Moses said. God was in the fire... And out of the fire, he said, Moses, Moses. Now, my wife has called me many times in our house, the size of our house. I keep saying, I never do it, but I keep saying, we need to get an intercom system in here. We can just click a button and say, Rick, and I'll say, what? Instead of, Rick! Can't hear her. Goes to the bottom of the head, Ricky! She calls me Ricky. Not you, only her. Calls me Ricky. If all else fails, she'll use her cell phone. We don't always have good coverage, so I don't always get the call. At least that's what I want her to think. <laughs> when she calls my name, as it is with you, when someone calls your name, the normal response is what? Huh? What? Rick, what? What do you want? Moses did not say what when God said, Moses, Moses. He didn't say what. He said something that I find very intriguing. He said, here I am. Here I am. Moses, Moses, here I am. Now let me explain this to you so that you can understand where I'm going with this and why I think that statement is so important for Moses to say, here I am. Picture yourself deathly sick. Deathly sick. You're in a sick bed. You've been on this sick bed for a week now. 
You are in and out of consciousness. You're trying to survive. The doctors give you hope. You might pull through this, but you need, and you've got a loving, doting spouse. Whether if you're a man, it's your wife. If you're a wife, it's your husband. You're, and they just, stay, they want to stay with you. I know if I was in that condition, that woman would not leave my side. You'd have to force her out of there, force her to go get some rest for herself. But let me just say this. So here you are, you're in this room with your spouse or your loved one or a child or a parent, and they are sickly unto death and they're in and out of consciousness. And when they come, when they come out of consciousness or, or into consciousness, I should say, and they just need a sip of water or, or a, 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 a morsel of bread and they call your name. Now listen to the difference. I come up out of conscious, out of unconsciousness. My lips are parched, my tongue is dry, and I just need some moisture, and I need some water. And I say, and I hardly can get my eyes open, and I go, Suze? And she's sitting across the room, and she goes, what? Can I get some water? It's very impersonal, isn't it? But now listen to this scenario. I come into consciousness and my lips are parched and my tongue is dry and I need just something to dampen my tongue. And I say, Suze? And she says, here I am. You see the difference? Here I am. Child calls out to his mother because he's in trouble. She goes, here I am. Everything's okay now. Here I am. Instead of what? Who's calling me? Moses did not say, who's calling me out of a fire? What do you want? What is this? He said, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Because he was ready and willing to let God tell him what he wanted to tell him. And the fire in your life could bring you to the place, let it bring you to the place, where when you finally hear Jesus call your name, you don't answer with, are you kidding me? Really? I got to do that? What? How can I accomplish that? You'll answer with, here I am. Here I am. When God called Samuel that great prophet, he said, Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel answered by saying, here I am. When God spoke to Isaiah and he asked him, who am I going to send and who is going to go for me? Isaiah didn't say, let me go find somebody. What did Isaiah say? Here I am. Here I am. And so in the fire of your life, the burning that's going on in your existence right now, the difficulties and the hardships that you're facing, and the things that keep you stirred up, don't let the devil say the whole world is burning around you. You don't mean anything because God cares about you individually. He cares about you personally. And he is using the fire in your life to draw your attention back to him so that he can call your name. And when he calls your name, my friend, I want you to answer by saying, here I am. And I close by saying this, I want to be a here I am kind of person.
I want a relationship with God that answers always by saying, here I am. I need somebody to touch this person. Here I am. I need somebody to press on in discouraging circumstances. Here I am. I need somebody to continue living for me in the, in the, in the, in the midst of hardships and struggles. Here I am. I need somebody to be a witness for me in this lost and dying world. Here I am. Moses' life had failed. He tried and failed. And yet when God said Moses, he came back and said, Here I am. Have you ever failed the Lord? Have you ever failed the Lord? Here I am. Because he's still calling your name. Let's stand together. Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Ministries podcast. If this message touched you, please make sure to subscribe for more sermons from Pastor Frank and the ministry team here at Maranatha, as well as follow us on our social media platforms. We are located in Schenectady, New York, and if you are in the area, we invite you to join us during our weekly Sunday service starting at 1030 a.m. We look forward to you joining us again next week for another anointed message. Thank you and God bless.